This is the Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Podcast with Dr. Serene Sharif. This is a space where we explore how mindfulness, productivity systems, and our thoughts create the magic in our life. I'm here to help and support you if you are struggling with overwhelm and burnout, and you're looking for tools to take control of your time, mind, energy, and productivity. I'm your host, Dr. Serene Sharif, and I am a general surgeon, medical educator, mom to three wonderful children, and wife, which were all instrumental in my journey to be a productivity and burnout coach. I'm excited to share my tools and unique framework to build a community so no one has to go through this alone, empowering each other to find our way out of burnout and overwhelm. We will explore how my mindfulness and productivity systems framework can help you combine the energy of mindfulness with the scientific principles of habit building and your unique systems of productivity. My framework is designed to help you find clarity, design your dream life, and create your transformation. We'll discuss how to overcome limiting beliefs and obstacles that are standing in the way of your dream life, as well as how to create and sustain your new habits in a way that will allow you to finally ditch your willpower and motivation struggles and have more time and energy to live your best life. This is episode number 28. Last week, we talked about the power and impact of mindfulness in our everyday lives. And I hope that you had a chance to explore some strategies in how to incorporate mindfulness into your everyday lives with simple strategies, such as spending five minutes when you wake up in the morning and focusing on your breath, perhaps taking a five or 10 minute walk during your afternoon break, or even consciously putting away our electronic devices at mealtimes so we can really incorporate mindful eating and focus on how the food is truly nourishing our body and our soul. As we continue to explore this week, I'd love to take a moment and ask you, what is the one thing that you think is contributing to your everyday productivity? Now, a lot of times I hear things such as having an organized calendar or perhaps strategies to manage some of the household tasks and errands. It could even be a simple meal planning routine that you implement, right? We all use anything that we can access to make our lives flow easier. And I just want you to take a moment to think, what if the key to productivity isn't another time-saving measure? What if it truly is exploring what we have going on in our life and considering, is there something that we need to let go of? I'm currently working on a project that I had put on hold for a few months. And I thought it would really just be simple for me to go back, resume that project, and just get right back on task. But what I found is that it took a few days of slowly warming up, of trying to to take off from the runway, and just really overcoming the inertia that I was experiencing, the feeling of being stuck in my thought process with this project. Now, I don't know if any of you can relate to that. Has there been a project that you've been working on? You take a little break and you think you're just going to get right back into it and, and you feel like you're five months behind from where you left it. And that's how I felt. And what I realized is that just like when a rocket goes through the launch sequence and has to overcome the gravitational pull of the earth, 
and overcome that inertia of wanting to stay where we are. In order to overcome that, well, what does the rocket do? As soon as it's created that initial thrust, that initial force, then it starts shedding things. It starts letting go of the tanks that aren't really needed anymore because it's given it the thrust and the power to get out of that initial phase. And it does require some extra effort right? And you're working, you're overcoming the inertia, the gravitational force, you're shedding things, you're letting go of the things that aren't serving you, maybe thoughts, but it may even be behaviors, it may be actions that we perpetuate, that we continue to do that are keeping us where honestly we don't want to be, including things such as emotional eating or mindless tasks, things that keep us really just in that cycle of never getting anywhere. And you know that as soon as you've gotten beyond that circle of power, that that period where you are not stuck anymore, then things will become easier. We all talk about how to make things effortless. And really, the focus should be how do we do things with less effort? It doesn't have to be completely without effort, but how do we get to a place we are not putting as much effort forever as we envision? But once we overcome that boundary where we get to the next phase, then you do get to do less effort and more results because you've really gotten the skill of learning where to put your focus, your time, and your energy. If you would like to know more on how I design and implement my most productive week, I am happy to share that I finally have it available on my website. You can go to www.serenitywellnessmd.com forward slash productive week and you will have access to a ebook that allows you to see how I structure it and allows you to implement it for your own life. I also include a meditation and journaling exercise that's recorded just for you. And you'll get to use that and get into the right frame of mind so that you can create your most productive week. I hope you enjoy it. And I would love to hear your stories and how you have maximized your productivity. I also want to invite you to join me in a webinar that I'll be conducting on September 21st, Tuesday at 9pm, where I talk about what it takes to really maximize your productivity. How are you going to get through that initial thrust? learn where to put your focus on. And I'm gonna share my three secrets that has really changed how I have taken control of my time, my energy, and productivity so that I don't feel like I'm always working till the last minute, pushed to my limit, and not able to enjoy those moments of fun, relaxation, time with my family, compassion and mindfulness for myself, and still really get all of the things that I want to get done. So I hope to see you at the webinar I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast on how to cultivate what matters. I'm so excited to welcome my guest today, Dr. Marion McCrary. Dr. McCrary is an experienced primary care internal medicine physician and a national board certified integrative health and wellness coach. Hi, Marion. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you and I can't wait to hear some of the fun things that you're doing and look forward to sharing that on here. So to get started, I would love to just hear a little bit about your story and how you got started on your wellness journey, as well as how do you integrate all of that being a physician and all of the other hats that you wear? 
Yeah, I'll start back at the beginning. I think a lot of us got on our personal wellness journey after we had our personal burnout journey, it seems like. And um, as you said, I'm an internal medicine physician, practice primary care. And when I finished residency, I came out into practice in the town next to where I did residency. They're kind of connected and did that in a primary care outpatient only practice for 16 years. Midway through, I got tapped on the shoulder to be the lead physician for a while, which was really interesting, was not something that I had planned on doing. But as I got into it, it started to become a little bit more overwhelming than I thought it was going to be learning new skills, having to deal with just the things that you deal with as a lead physician, in addition to seeing patients. And oh, by the way, at the same time, you get a new EMR. And so things just started piling up. And I said yes to a lot of things at those times and just got to the end of that part of my commitment and was ready to pull back a little bit. And so when I did that, I started looking around for what, how do I do this? The ACP, which is the American College of Physicians, the the biggest national organization for internal medicine physicians, seemed to be doing a lot of things with wellness. I remember going to one of our national meetings and basically made it my own personal wellness meeting because you could pick from tons of different things that were going on at one time and really enjoyed that. So as I started listening to other people talking about wellness, I realized, you know what? I had been on this track, doing what I was doing, same thing, adding in these different roles. And I really could come to a point where I could make a decision on what I wanted to do. I really felt like I needed to break out of what had been my comfort zone. And so I started looking at how to do that. And I found a couple different strategies, which I thought would be really interesting to talk to your listeners about today. But I just, I was at that point where I wanted something that to bring back a little bit of spark. I was not really as happy in a lot of the things that I was doing because overwhelmed and burnout with my job. I didn't feel like I had enough time with my friends and my family and was like, how do I get back to that? And so I found a a conference that I signed up for as we often do looking for different things. And I heard about health coaching and I was interested in thinking about that for how I could incorporate that in with my patients. I was the only one that was burned out. So there were patients who were coming to me saying, I'm trying to do all these things, but I, I just can't do it. And now my health suffering, I've gained weight or these type of things. And so I, I heard about this at a preventative medicine conference and really started to pull on to this. And then at the same time, again, I was looking for something outside of what I was doing in my primary care job and those roles to really fill my cup in different ways. And I found another conference called Cultivate What Matters, which is not a medical conference. It's actually a conference put on by a group in my hometown, a a personal trainer turned coach in some ways who really has built this program up. And it's really helping women, women could attend to, but it was most mostly women, but just really figure out what matters in their lives, setting their priorities, and then how to go about getting it. These all, these things were happening at the same time for me. And so where it's led me now is I've made a pivot in my job. I've actually took a year, a sabbatical as I would call it. And it unfortunately came at the same time as COVID. So it was a little bit different than I had thought, but I've switched my primary care role. I've added in things that I'm doing in different degrees with coaching for American College of Physicians, and now actually a program with AMWA, the American Medical Women's Association. And I'm actually starting to do some of that at my home institution. So for me, it's starting to really come 
full circle. And this is the mindfulness and productivity podcast. And so it took a lot of me being mindful and intentional and figuring out what I wanted and then how to do that, how to actually start making those goals. And I'll tell you one more thing before I'll stop for a second, (laughs) I kind of took over, is that when I first started to feel burnout, it really, for me, was like, okay, what did I do wrong? What am I, why am I, why can't I get it all done? And the first thing I really looked at is, okay, I'm not productive enough. I've got to be more focused. I've got to figure out how I'm spending my time. So I listened to productivity podcasts. It was the first place I looked. I read books. I got these little time trackers on my phone to figure out when I was doing charts and when I was distracting myself. So I think there's a mindset to that as well, is that when you think it's your fault, it's your problem, getting out of that mindset and seeing that there are lots of other options that you have decisions that you can make. That curiosity, I think is also a really big piece of what's led me to where I am today, stepping outside of that comfort zone where I just wanted to keep doing what I was doing and not really make any changes. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. There's so much that you said that really truly resonated for me as well. And I love what you said about cultivating what matters and how many of us really even take the time to think about that because we're so busy being busy. We get up in the morning, just this morning, I was thinking it's just to even create five minutes to take a deep breath, take, just look around you, enjoy some of the nature that's around us and filling these moments with gratitude and all of the things that we think about. And we think, oh, that that sounds like a good idea. I want to do it, but we don't really cultivate what matters to us because we are just so busy doing the urgent stuff, the laundry, the making dinner, getting kids to bed or getting all the things done. And I think that, as you mentioned, all of us really find wellness through our own journey of burnout, which is quite profound. It's true. I used to feel the same way. I just thought, okay, if I'm just a little bit more productive, this will all get better. And I realized that, wow, I I was working full-time as a trauma and acute care surgeon, and I had an elective practice, general surgery practice as well. So I was doing all the things I had. I had what I felt was all the support. I, I couldn't think how else to be more productive. I was already at my max efficiency and I still felt like there was just nothing more I could do. And I still didn't have seconds in the day to get things done. So it's really not about being productive. That, that is the profound truth. It's yeah, it's not about adding other things in and it's about how can you take some of them away and really do the things that you want to do and that are mm-hmm. important for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that I learned from that conference. They actually have kind of a calendar of all these different sayings. And so you can get one each month is how you spend your days is how you spend your life. And that was another kind of aha moment for me is that I can keep doing things exactly the way I'm doing, but I'm going to look back and it's going to be like, Oh, where did the time go? Where did the day go? And so I think that that speaks to speaks to me as well when you're saying that. So true. And, and I think that's also why mindfulness and productivity work so well together. If when we're connected to the moment, when we cultivate what matters, when we know what matters to us, and we're really putting all of our focus and our energy and our time into the things that matter, that's truly when I think we're most productive. It is not doing all the things. It is not getting your to-do list completed. It is really pruning that to-do list and saying, this is not something I need to do. This is not something that's important right now. You can create a someday later list and say, okay, I'll do this later. Right now, these are my focus and having clarity on that, then it makes it much easier because you say, oh, okay, this month, the month of September, this is what my focus is, or this 
this week, this is what my focus is. It just helps you really hone down on what you want to get done instead of feeling like, oh, I got 10 things to do. And how do I scramble somehow to get it done? And then you're really not present in any of those moments. And that's why we feel at the end of the day, oh, I don't know where the day went or the week went, or we have four months left in 2021. And we think, how did the year go? But if we could just be in each moment as it happens and build that focus, I think it really takes productivity to a different level. Yeah. I call myself a planner girl but for those same reasons. I think that it's counterintuitive, but if you can plan and as you say, just know what you want that focus to be for the week, then that actually allows you to have some flexibility. It allows for that spontaneity. So that's where it's, it's some people say, well, you can't be both, but you really can because then you are, as you say, you're, the clarity's there. You have less clutter in your brain, all those other things that are trying to appeal to you for time and attention. But you've said, you yep, know, not now we're going to do this in another month. This is what I'm doing for September or October. And I think that really helps. It helps me a lot. And that's a strategy mm-hmm. that I use. And I make a goal for the goals for the year and then try to break them down as to, am I going to work on that in the winter or the spring? Or what does that look like? And as you say, then plan the month, plan the week, plan the day, and just see what is appealing to you at that time when you're actually doing Yeah. And people underestimate the white space in the calendar. We think, oh, we got to get a schedule out the day. But when we get that clutter off and you have the, the areas of focus on and the rest of the calendar is really just white, just empty time, then you get to do whatever you want with that. And sometimes some of my best ideas are like really moments of true peace or true calm comes from those times. And, and when you have those moments of like brain rest, if you will, that is actually how you replenish, you replenish your energy and your, on your focus. And so when you have those focus times, okay, I got to just see this is five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. I'm going to get this done. Cause I know I'll have time to ruminate later. Yeah. I like, I, I love that white space concept and I call it margin. I call it white space. I think it's so important. And as you were saying that it made me think, okay, after we're recording, I've got two hours before my next meeting and I'm already a little bit of, I got it on the calendar and it is white space. And so I'm like, okay, am I going to go exercise for a little bit? Am I work on this project? And that little white space, I haven't planned out yet. I'm going to wait and see how I feel uh, after I've this appointment done before I get to the next. And so it gives me that, again, that flexibility to say, huh, I can breathe for a second. And I think that reminds me, I was talking about this with someone recently. It's just, as you said, that space that's open. If I'm swimming. That's a place I find that great ideas come. You're swimming. You can't really do a whole lot of other things. You're, you're just doing laps. And so when you're not trying to focus on 50 things at one time, to me, that's when my great ideas come something I've been moving around in my brain. And that's the name of that, what I want to call that, or that's how I want to do that. Other people find it in the shower. I don't, maybe it's a water thing or just out on a walk where you don't put your headphones in and you're just listening and and walking. And so I think that those moments 
of moments of clarity can mm-hmm. come at times that you're not expecting when you just have that capacity and that white space for your brain to think a little differently. Yeah. And even creativity. I, I love to cook. And so sometimes when I have these sort of, I call, there are times that I actually have intentional, like dreaming time, if you will, it's just when you're relaxed and you're either just lying down or looking at nature or walking, I'll just percolate over a recipe I have in my mind thinking, okay, how would I tweak that so I could get this flavor more, that flavor more. I've heard of people talk about when they're doing a piece of art, when they're composing music, all of these things. And you have this, like you mentioned, something you're just turning over and just feeling like, where does it really fit? This would be a great exercise for writer's block or just so when we're even exploring that creativity, all of those things don't really happen in our schedule time. It happens in our time where we have the freedom to breathe and to think and to have no boundaries. Our brain is allowed to relax and we don't do that as adults enough. And even children, I find, I I hear the pandemic has shifted that a little bit because we don't do as many activities before now, but they're so busy. They're in school and then they come back and they have homework to do. And they may, even if they do like just one or two extracurriculars, like that's already pretty much filled the time and then it's bedtime. So when do they get the time to, to like bug their siblings or, you know, to build something or to just be, allow their minds that stretching time, that freedom to just be. Yeah. It sounds like our busy day as physicians where we come home and we don't have time to do the things that we want Mm -hmm. at times. So it's unfortunately, we can be seeing that early on and kids and creating a habit that we may want to change later as well. True. So true. Now I wanted to also just highlight something that you said earlier that I think is really important. And all of us internalize this thought or belief, it grows into this belief that something went wrong. Okay, this is happening because I did something wrong or something went wrong. And so it's just not going to, it's a problem. And what if it is not? I think about how my life has changed at this point. It's been about five plus years. And I think about how my life has changed because I went through all of the internal struggles with burnout. When it was happening, it wasn't pleasant. Don't get me wrong. If that hadn't happened, if I was in a space of suffering, but tolerable, and I'm like, okay, I can do this. When we do that, what if that had happened and I've just kept going Then nothing would have changed in my life, but because it got so painful that I felt like, okay, something has to change. That's how and that's how a lot of people, they, they struggle so much. They hit that rock bottom or that space where they're just feeling, you know what? Something has to change because I cannot live like this. And so yes, something quote unquote went wrong, but actually nothing went wrong because that was our journey. That was how it was meant to be. And you can take that and, and run with it and see what, what can change. One of the questions that you can ask with love is, okay, so is this something that needs change? And if so, what change would need to happen? for my future to look different? What do I want my future self to be like or to experience or whatnot? And so I think that instead of feeling like, oh, I'm doing it all wrong and something's terrible. What if this was just the way it was meant to be? What if this was our pivot point to say, okay, what needs to change? And and whether it's a small change or it's a big change, either of those can make a difference. I mean, I actually, I, I literally, 
I just had this moment of, okay, something has to change. And the next day I handed in my resignation letter because I didn't know how else to change it. Like I had no space to actually take a deep breath and say, okay, this is what needs to happen. The only way I could envision change is to say, okay, I need to stop this. Yeah, exactly. Just to break it all down. Like the kids do with Legos, right? You just break it down so you can build something new. And, but I know lots of friends and colleagues who said, okay, I need to make a change. And this is one small change. Maybe I'll take half day off. Maybe I will, I'll take lunch breaks now instead of not doing lunch breaks, or maybe I'll finish work at five and leave uh, or whatnot. There's so many small changes that we can incorporate as well. And you don't even have to hit rock bottom to do that. If life is crazy and you're not really living in your happy space, there are so many things that you can do, small changes that could make things just a little bit better. I, I totally agree. I'm saying yes to all of that. And I do some writing on the Women in White Coats blog. And I wrote an article about this earlier this year, exactly similar to what you're saying is that these negative emotions are invitations to us. They're this, mm-hmm. you can also call them an alert. It's like the, the, when your car gets down to a certain amount of gas, you get the little ding. It's okay, time to refill. And so I see these things as, again, these are opportunities as we were talking about earlier, just to think about things differently. And part of the training that I did to be a coach, I read a coaching psychology manual that talks about these negative emotions that we feel are signs that our needs are not being met. Mm -hmm. And so they call when you start to feel them, it's like you're at the edge of this cliff. They call them growth. And so you get to choose where you stay in this space, or you get to step over into this next space. So you don't fall off the cliff. And so I really think about it that way. And when I working with folks in coaching, every experience that you go through is an opportunity opportunity to learn. And I think there's, there's an acronym that kind of looks in a different way, but if it, it's fail, F-A-I-L is which first attempt in learning. And so if you fail at something or you achieve at something, you learn from it and you can take that forward with you. So I think that if you have that mindset, if you are really can see the opportunities, I think that's great. And in some cases, as you said, it just, I'm going to, it's going to blow up. I'm changing it right now. It's this major pivot. But for other people, it's that what, as you said, what can I do today that moves me just a little bit more to where I want to be? And so it's those 10 degree turns that, oh, I forgot one of the big coaches talks about and, or just those small little pivots. And I think those can be really important for folks so that you can continue to do some of what you're doing, but just make these small changes to really get that to where you need to be. And that was for me in my practice, looking at how I wanted to change change it when I was not feeling productive, when I was feeling overwhelmed and really starting to look at not everything's bad. There's lots of good here. How can I build on what's working well and then expand that? So I was trying to figure out how to get my charts done by the end of the day. And I had this huge backlog of charts. And so I figured out that I could be a lot faster if I previewed my charts or I pre-visit planned. And so I really started trying to put in practice some of those things and actually got my whole practice on board with that because it was working for me in ways. And so I think that was an opportunity for me to look at the positives, to see what was working well, how I could move that into other areas in my job, in my life. And I think if you're really stuck in that kind of negative space, it's hard to see past that and to start to see that there is some good there. And so that can really help support you when you're trying to make those small pivots compared to blowing up the ship, as we say. Yeah, I love it. Small pivots and 
instead of maybe a three-point turn, essentially, <laughs> literally like shifting around. And when I did it, honestly, I, I just knew that something had to change. I, I didn't know what. Sometimes I, and I didn't have the resources, I think at that time, just to figure it out. But like you said, you just ask questions and you say, okay, what's the next thing that I need to do? What do I you know? How do I need to process this? What resources are, are there? I mean, we don't have to recreate anything, right? There's so many resources out there. What's out there? What can you really do to replenish that, to fill that tank? And, and then you keep, you keep doing it. And, and I love you. You'd mentioned a little bit about like some of the tools that can be used even to really build that clarity and to, to connect to what are our goals and how do we need to break down those goals? What are your quarterly goals and all of that? So I'd love for you to share a little bit more. And how do you do that? We are coming to towards the end of the year, a little bit. September doesn't seem that close, but it's going to be faster than we know it. So what are some ways that you plan out your year and break it down so you have that focus for that quarter, if you will? Yeah, I think if you start back at figuring out the priorities, there's a couple strategies with that. Thinking about you can make two columns. What gives you all the things that you have to do? I like to brain dump them out and then start thinking about what's important to me. How, what do I want to be known for when I'm 80? Looking back and thinking, what do you want your legacy to be? How do you want it to have spent your days? So if you're sitting on your rock chair, looking out at the ocean or looking out at the mountains, wherever you are, your, or your own backyard, how do you want to have spent your time? So thinking about that big picture and then what gives you energy, what takes it away? And that can really be a big a decision maker for a lot of folks. They really want to do this, but they, it just drains them. And they know if they're doing something else, it, it fills their cup. And I think the other thing that a lot of people don't think about, and it feeds off of that energy is where are your strengths, where are your value, and how can you use those and how can those show up and how you spend your days. So that may be something you do once and you revisit every so often, but it wouldn't be something you probably are going to be looking back at on a, a quarterly basis or a monthly basis, but maybe you're looking at that for a year or your five-year plan and using that as the big picture. But I I have a tool that actually came out of that same Cultivate What Matters conference. They have a planner tool called Power Sheets. It sounds really impressive. I feel like a superhero, but it, it spells this out. And this is where I've got this framework that works for me. And so you make these goals for the year and you can make September 1st, your new year's if you want to. You don't have to wait till January. But for a lot of people figuring out where they want to put that, when they want to put in that focus and really start living this intentional planning kind of life that really can serve them. And so you make the goals for your year, you have them all lined out, you refer back to them. And then each quarter, your 90 days, you decide, I'm looking at these goals for the year, what am I going to focus on for this quarter? And maybe it's three of them. Maybe it's something that you're renovating your house and you want to start it in this quarter. So it's done by this quarter, theoretically. Mm -hmm. And so those are the things you're going to focus on. And so when you sit down to make, what am I going to work on this month? What am I going to work on this week? What I'm going to try to do every day or most days of, of the week, then you're referring back to what I've decided is my three big goals for this quarter. And some people talk about three bucks that you're filling up, or I'll have people do an exercise where they make a tic-tac-toe board and you put nine little circles on it and, and then figure out what do you want to be your three that 
wins your tic-tac-toe in a row. Different things depending on how people learn. If I write it down, that's how I learn. Some people are visual learners and they like to have a vision board or something where they've got their goals up in front of them. But I, I try to do that once a month and then revisit it every week and see how I want to spend my time that week. And what I'm really working on now is I can be a super planner, can put a lot on that to-do list, but I don't always feel like I want to do it when the day comes. And so you have to, you have to know yourself and you also have to be willing to not be hundred percent perfect. I think that's something for physicians and it's a little bit hard to do, but I have heard of people saying it's successful if I do what I say I'm going to do 70% of the time or whatever that number wants to be for you. And if you're starting out doing it and you've never really used this formula, then maybe if I do it a third of the time, I'm really good at this. I'm starting it. I can build on this. So I would encourage people not to give up on it. If it's something that they're curious about trying and see if it works for them, if they're not a hundred percent on board every day, because it's, that's, I think one of those ways that you can squash some of that flexibility that we were talking about earlier. And, and we want some of that white space and that uh, time to just do what we feel like we want to do in the moment to encourage our curiosity and our creativity as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love the idea of just like focusing on a few things at a time, because I think you're able to push through a lot more than when you have 20 things that you want to do. And a lot of times when people set goals, that's what they say. I want to do this and I want to do that. And, and I'm like, you're going to go a lot faster and get to your goal. If you just do one or a couple at a time is not too bad, but having more than three at a time, I think it really does make it a lot harder to build momentum in that. And so true and empowering to know because then you say, okay, then I just, it allows you to, gives you the freedom to narrow down a little. Yeah. A little um, bit of a permission slip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you could share a little bit about what else is going on with you now, and if there's any programs or I know that you do a podcast. So if you want to share about those things, our listeners can continue this journey with you and just kind of learn and get connected to some of the work that you're doing. And also if they wanted to get in touch with you and know more about you, where would they find your information? Sure. I'll give you the contact info first, and I'll tell you about some of the fun things that I'm getting started on. So my website is www.marion and that's M-A-R-I-O-N hyphen wellness.com. So there's some information about coaching, some links to some resources, some videos that I've done for different and some podcasts that I've been on. Take a peek there and see if there's something that is interesting to you. I also have a personal blog. I'm training for a half marathon right now. So I'm writing a lot about running (laughs) and the ups and the downs of that. So it's a really realistic view. That's a work in progress, as I would say. And I have Facebook and Instagram posts that relate to wellness and encouragement. And my accounts there are Marion McCrary Wellness. And on Twitter, I'm Marion McCrary MD. And what's fun for me right now is I'm doing a lot of writing. We're talking about that ability to have some creativity. This is something that I used to do a lot of that I did not do for a long time as during training and after. And I really started to getting back into doing that, kind of putting that limiting belief behind me that nobody here wants to hear what I have to say, or I'm not an expert in this, so I shouldn't write about it. And really putting out there my thoughts and have gotten good feedback about that. I also have done some guest podcast hosting 
and it's really wet my whistle to do something with that. And several of us who work with the ACP as well-being champions have gotten together and we have a podcast coming out. Our first episode, uh, real episode, September 8th. So depends on when you're listening to this, you can join in and you'll have several episodes to listen to. But the podcast is called Reset MD. And we're talking a little bit about what we just spoke about, where how can you support your well by resetting something in your life, whether that be a hard reset where you erase it all and start over as you were talking about with saying, this isn't working for me, I'm going to do something different. Or is it a little bit of these soft resets, those pivots, those kind of 10 degree turns that we were talking about. And so we're really just having conversations with physicians about what's worked for them, getting some of those pearls that we all look for in medicine of how can we learn from them and take some of this into our own life. So I'm really excited about it. And I would love for you to listen in as well as to this podcast and share that and see if it resonates with you. Thank you. That sounds awesome. I can't wait to, I can't wait to hear. And I will also include uh, your information in the show notes as well as about the podcast. So everyone will have a chance to connect with you and get to know you more and, and listen to some of these because you're right. Like we're, we're looking for these little pearls that we can actually activate in our own life and make those small changes. Yes. Sometimes that three point turn or that, that whole pivot, it can be quite productive, but really I think small changes are so powerful and, and can actually be a lot more comfortable to make. So I think that that's a great space for all of us and me and all of us to tweak just a few things to, to get it a little bit better. So I'm excited to do that. I really appreciate the time that you've spent with us and all the wisdom that you've shared today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. And I think we have lots of the same beliefs on this topic. So we'll have to have some more conversations offline as well. Absolutely. I'm excited to do that too. And just because you mentioned about the half marathon, I just recently convinced my 13 year old to join me. I've done a half marathon a couple years ago, and then the pandemic hit and kind of my running habit took a turn, but we are just starting our journey. We're planning for a half marathon in May. He's never done one before. Yes. I know there's so many things to chat and explore together and I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I'm so excited for you guys. Yeah, I've been, I had a little, I've had a hiatus for a while. I think my last one was 2017. So I'm hoping a few years older that I'm going to make it through, but no matter what, it's fun to do the training and to have that as a goal in mind for me. And I hope that you guys do great on yours as well. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe we'll do a a podcast on that and how to make goals and how do you work through. I think that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. All right. Count me in. Sounds good. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining us today. For my listeners, if there are any topics that you want to hear more, please drop a comment below. I would be happy to add those to our weekly content. For all those listening, thank you for joining us today. If you found this valuable, please like, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes and share it with a friend or two. I would so appreciate that. I would love to hear from you. If you have a story to share about burnout or overwhelm, please reach out to me so we can continue to build this community so no one has to go through burnout and overwhelm alone. You can reach out to me at my website, serenitywellnessmd.com or Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Facebook page or at Serenity Wellness MD on Instagram. The content of this podcast is not meant to be medical advice. Tune in for the next episode coming to you every Thursday morning. Goodbye for now.